Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is She Love. Hello, it's Davida. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Anna Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bailey. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole. Welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> Sex Party with your host, Dustin Ripka. Hello and welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. With me this week is good friend of the show, Alex Scott. You may remember Alex because Alex is a narcissistic abuse and trauma healing coach. She is an expert. There is nothing like her in the narcissism field. This time around, we are going to talk about how you can identify if you are dating a narcissist or not. What is the narcissistic abuse cycle like? How many steps are there to it? And what you can do if you find a narcissistic pattern in a partner. Alex also talks a bit about how she escaped her narcissistic relationship. It's a brilliant tactic. Uh, I talk a little bit about um, confronting my narcissistic violent stepfather recently. Alex also talks a little bit about entering the dating game after a long absence, a man in a penguin suit and the dating apps. It's a full episode. This one has a ton of value. So let's get you over to the interview. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Alex Scott. This week's conversation. conversation. Alex Scott, welcome back for the third time to Sex Party. How are you? I'm stoked to be here, as yeah. always. Third time's a charm. I'm excited to see what we get into today. Yeah, third time is the charm. You've been on the show two other times. We've deduced that already. We, <laughs> lo- we love it. Uh, 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 we're really on top of it today. So, you know, people might be strolling in um, in this in this internet mall that we all live in um, that no one else can mm. see. It's just in my head. And someone might pop in because... A candle smells good. And they say, okay, this is great. Yeah. Sex party. What, what's going on? I'm just tuning in. Who is Alex? So let's a little refresher mm. for the newbies, right? Yeah. Um, who are you right. and what do you do? Hello, newbies. Um, <laughs> I, my name's Alex. Nice to meet you, friends. Um, I am a certified and trauma-informed coach who specializes in helping people heal from trauma from narcissistic abuse, so whether that's romantic relationships or a parent. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and <clears throat> on top of it, you've had a narcissistic partner, you had a narcissistic yeah. parent. Y'all want that story? Go back to uh, episode yeah. two with Alex. I don't know the number off the top of my head. The catalog is growing, so what, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, can we give a little update on how you've been? Um, you were newly single yeah. or kind of newly single and yeah. like chilling. It was yeah. around the holiday times, I think. Um, yeah, update on how I've been. I've just gotten back into the dating pool literally two weeks ago, which has been so much fun. I'm having Mm. like the time of my life. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I've been talking about that on my podcast a bit on like, you know, how I'm approaching dating and all that good stuff. And like my tips and tricks for like, you know, being your best self going out there. Um, but yeah, that's really all that's, that's going on in my world, just chugging along with my business. And now I'm sprinkling in a little bit of dating and meeting cute boys at the end. 
So okay, no, no, no. So so <laughs> so okay. Are we are we are we on Bumble? Are we on Tinder? Are we on both? Are, are you? Is it some app I've never heard of for for just narcissistic abuse um, uh, survivors? Yeah. I mean, what's going on? Nah, nah, nah. I, there's not an app for that, but maybe I should make one. Um, I uh, am on Bumble and Hinge at the moment, and I've been on two dates. And I'm just like taking my time. You know, I'm not in a rush to meet someone. I truly believe like when it's meant to fall into place, it'll fall into place. Um, So I'm just really enjoying the process. But let me tell you, I have a lot to say about men on dating apps right now. If you have a mirror selfie, we need to talk. Mm. You should not have a mirror selfie. Flip that camera around. (laughs) So just a selfie selfie is what they need. Just a selfie selfie. The Mm. mirror. And I've talked to so many women and I... I don't know if it's because like it feels like there's a disconnect, but like there's just something about the mirror selfie <laughs> that does not land the way it used to. Like it's outdated. It yeah. feels icky now. Not a good look. So just, you know, have your friends take a photo of you. <laughs> what what if it's a mirror selfie in like a really fancy bathroom at a really fancy restaurant? Does that is that okay? It's a little better. I mean, is my answer to that like i won't lie i think i've swiped right on one dude who has a a mirror selfie and he's in a penguin onesie i'm like this guy that's funny like okay if you're gonna be Uh, self-deprecating about it fine but i don't know i'd rather just see you like in front of the fancy restaurant instead of in the bathroom of the fancy restaurant i don't know it might be an alexism and i'm willing to own that 100 percent. but you know it's just Man, it's a thing. We need to put it down. Put down the mirror selfie. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, look, men need help, right, on dating apps. Like, we all need, we all Everyone need, uh, needs help. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think, you know, men, because to me, I was like growing up in the nightlife stuff. I had all these photographers constantly taking my picture and you want to do a photo yeah. shoot and it was always free. It was always these dramatic Easy. James Deany things that worked cool. great for me, right? But then... When when that all stopped and and it was like here's your phone and the pandemic like what I'm like oh shit like it was it was hard for me because I was like taking pictures around my apartment and then someone would comment like nice ring light it's like wait is that a, is that an insult or what so I was trying right and I would put up stuff on dating apps and some of the the girls who are friends of mine would be like no like you need to like have somebody like go with you like are you playing sports are you playing video games like we need to see your life it needs to tell a story and i'm like who the fuck has time for that (laughs) you know (laughs) jesus christ like if you're just looking for a date now you got to tell your life story in pictures basically yeah no also like influencer problems like i feel that in relation to my business all the time like let me record myself meditating again it's the funniest Mm. thing but yes i i agree with what your girlfriends are saying and i want to acknowledge the challenge like hear me out i'm not saying that you're a a bad dude or an, an awkward dude if you don't if you have a mirror selfie that is not what i'm trying to say i'm just saying you'll probably get more swipes and matches if you don't have one so it's like If you're even like calling yourself out about it in your bio or in the caption of the photo might be like a self-deprecating vibe. Be like, I didn't have a friend to take a photo of me, but I thought this outfit was great. Like, I would even be okay with that. But the folks that take themselves super seriously and they're like, mirror pick, mirror pick, mirror pick. It's like, what? It just feels artificial and like, like not 
genuine. I don't know how else to put it. Like you're hiding something low key is what it feels like. It's weird. Or we're just yeah. like lazy and we're not like fucking uh, taking the time to to like to do anything. We're just like, ah, oh, go in the bathroom and fucking crank off some of these yeah. selfies and see what yeah. happens. Right. Like <laughs> truly, because because that's what it is. We're not. Yeah. We're not invested. And maybe it's because we're tired. You know, people. I mean, dating True. apps. I swear I'm not going to go down this fucking hole where I shit on it because I just had a really beautiful talk with someone in a previous episode about dating apps. And like I admit, uh, you know, just like Taylor Swift, like I'm the problem. Totally. <laughs> like it's me. The dating apps are, are it's not their fault. It's mine. Right. So I don't want to be a hater, but it is difficult for for men, for for women, for everyone to it's become sort of this uh, race almost, right? Like, and mm. how do you keep someone's attention once you get it? Oh, Jesus, how do I get their attention and all of that? So you're new to that. You're, you're spinning around in, the, in that pool. Okay, what are you looking for in a potential match? Like, what are the, the two or three things that you're like, oh, that's interesting? Um, well, I mean, if I was going to describe how I want my relationship to feel, it would be like a guy who is my best friend, someone, someone I like to do the dirty with, you know what I mean? But qualities I'm looking for in a partner are like, um, someone who's super grounded. (laughs) Yeah. Do the dirty. (laughs) That's Um, great. You called it that. Yeah, I'm, you know, an awkward chick. So I'm going to call I'm going to allude to sex and fucking and probably the weirdest white girl ways. But whatever. No, we love that. We love it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, I want someone who's super grounded and conscious and just like, obviously, no one's perfect, but someone who is self-aware enough to like communicate through their emotions and all the stuff that I teach on. But as far as like fun stuff to talk about, like I'm a gamer, so I'd love to find a guy who's like also a gamer um, and someone who wants to get into nature with me and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, just if I was going to like, you know, wrap it up and put a bow on it, someone who's just a really has a good heart, <laughs> super grounded and can make me fucking laugh. Like I like mm. playful guys. Like I need someone who can be dorky with me. So the end, not anything super mind blowing. Well, no, I mean, well still though, it's good to, it's good to check in with that. Right. Cause some people do have things that are similar or maybe they do have some wacky shit or their, their list is way higher. Right. But like good for them. Happy hunting. Right. Uh, speaking of hunting, you, you <laughs> have this gorgeous uh, expertise and, and like life's work actually right in the, in the field of, of narcissism. And and so the, the first episode we, we touched on it briefly a little bit. Second yeah. episode, we really kind of got into it and defined like what a narcissist is. Cause you know, uh, uh, and if you hear banging, it's someone is like constructing some weird robot contraption in the hallway. So cool. everybody who's listening to this, like, oh, great. That's a wonderful yeah, thing to happen during is. a podcast. <laughs> right. I'll let you guys know. I'll take a picture. Um, so we have this definition of, of narcissism kind of basic narcissism for, for dummies. Right. Yeah. Um, and so. Now what I'd like to do is try to maybe hunt these fuckers down, right? Like if if you are in a relationship and maybe you um I don't know, you you have a sneaking suspicion that your partner 
is narcissistic or has narcissistic qualities, right? Mm. How do we start from the beginning? Do we need to have a talk with ourselves? Like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't accuse this person of this. Like, because this yeah. is very like tricky, uh, you know, landmine laced ground here. And narcissistic yeah. people, as you um, so eloquently put all of the time, are dangerous. So yeah. how do we find out if our lover is a narcissist, right? Yeah. Um, so first of all, f going back to what you just said, calling them out on it was not, it's going to blow up in your face. So just don't do that ever. It's a waste of your time and energy and will expose you to more abuse. Um, but the signs of narcissism can be really a slippery slope to spot at first because you kind of have to wait to see a pattern of behaviors. I think with this day and age with like learning about love bombing and gaslighting and all these other, you know, projection, blame shifting, all these things that they do, um, people can see that show up in a person once and be like, oh, narcissist. And it's like, okay, mm, let's pump the brakes here because the reality is, is a lot of like toxic behaviors have been normalized and there's a lack of consciousness around what is actually unhealthy. So my first thing is, I'm going to go through some of the signs to keep an eye out for, but please make sure you're looking for a pattern of behaviors, not just like mm. one-off outlier behaviors. Like that's right. huge because it truly is a cyclical pattern to the point to where if you've been in a narcissistic relationship like myself, I knew the exact timing. I was like, this is going to be great for about two weeks. Then it's going to be a discard. Then in about four, four days to a week, I'm going to hear from them. That's their hovering phase. Like it was so predictable. Like I knew what was going to happen. So, um, it's very cyclical in nature. Anyway, first thing is love bombing. The narcissistic abuse cycle starts out with love bombing. And the, the reality is, is unless you're Dating someone who is not, um, how do I say this? I don't want to say like not charming because a lot of narcissists are <laughs> charming, but someone who, um, you know, is not maybe as clever because there's, this, there's different versions of love bombing. So here's what I mean by that. The most obnoxious ones are like large purchases tact and a lot of compliments. It's like they are just grease in your wheel, right? So these are the forms of love bombing we hear about most. And they're usually the types of love bombing you can see because it's like if someone's nonstop texting you, nonstop calling you like, and I'm talking like, oh, hey, I just got out of work. Okay, great. I'm going to go to dinner. And then it's like, okay, hey, I made it to dinner. I'll call you when I'm done with dinner. And like, I'm done with dinner. I'm on my way home. It's a lot. It's like, why? Why? And the need for that, just to kind of understand why narcissistic people do this, is because the more rapport I build with you as quickly as possible, the more you're going to lower your defenses, buy into the relationship because I'm sweeping you off your feet. And then when I start to abuse you, you're going to start to justify it because now you're way more emotionally involved with me than I am with you. So, you know, me being the narcissist in this example. So those are the <laughs> top three, but here's the sneaky shit. All right. The future faking and the mirroring can be super subtle. And so you just have to pay attention to it. So mirroring is like, Oh my God, you love dogs. Yeah, I'm a dog person too. Oh my God, you love chocolate chip ice cream. I love chocolate chip ice cream too. Oh my God, Beyonce is your favorite artist. Beyonce is my favorite artist too. You voted like that in the last election. Me too. And it's all of these, like you, you basically are meeting yourself 
in another person. Um, but it's not true. And as you begin to date them, you'll start to see that the things they originally claimed about themselves don't hold true. And that is a huge red flag. Like if you meet someone and they're like, yeah, I love dogs. And then a month later, they're like, I'm actually not much of a dog person. Pay attention to that. They can only <laughs> hold up the mask for so long, but this can also show up in things like mirroring habits. Like I'm touching my mouth. Do they touch their mouth? Right. Um, things like that, uh, mirroring, um, other interests and hobbies. Like, you know, I remember I, obviously I've been really into meditate, meditating and self-care for a while. And so years ago, when I first was dating this narcissistic person, they, we're like, yeah, me too. I love to meditate. And they would like send me photos of them meditating. And I'm like, wow, I'm meeting this amazing grounded guy. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like three months, four months later, it's like, I'm waking up in the morning wanting to meditate. And he's like, we don't have time for that. And it's like, okay, so this lifestyle that you portrayed to me was complete bullshit. So that was a long winded answer, but that's, that's the first stage of abuse with narcissists is paying attention to how they're reeling you in. Yeah. I mean, and we love long winded answers here. Trust <laughs> me. Um, so long, long wind away, Alex. Um, Don't so tell me I that. asked, <laughs> I asked you, no, I'm serious. Uh, <laughs> speak your, speak your stuff. Like that's why you're here. Um, and you know, the audience loves, your knowledge, your value, and like just you, your personality, like every time you're on, I get such great feedback and I share it with you. And, and uh, last time we had a, we had a reel that went a bit, uh, viral for a second, which was a lot of fun. You were my first viral reel. So like, hey, yeah, you know, you're winning all of these sex party awards. Um, so, so we oh, love where's it. Where's my and, fucking and trophy, Dustin? I want it, it in the mail. There, the engraving guy's been like sick. So I'm just oh, trying to. Shit. I can't. I can't do it. You don't want me to screw it up. But like, I'll <laughs> I'll get them to you. Trust me. Uh, I promise. Thanks, <laughs> um. So I asked you this last time, and again, and so I'll ask it again because I'm so fascinated Great. by this. Is there a narcissist? coffee shop right where you have to be a narcissist to get in and you're talking with your fellow narcissist you're reading narcissist weekly like whatever right and he's like how's your how's your current project going like oh i'm right at that three month mark i gotta like so it, it, do, do they do they know is it a planned look at a calendar in the phone mm. thing where now i stop the love bombing and i start the whatever or is it just something that they do and they don't know any know any better, right? Um, ooh, two-part answer. So to answer that last bit, from the mm -hmm. narcissists that I've spoken to and I have seen on the interwebs, they know they they will say, because they're in therapy to recover. So it's very rare that a narcissist will actually end up in therapy. And a lot of times it's court ordered because of some kind of abuse or something that they finally, you know, caught up to them and now they have to go. Um, but what they have expressed is they know what they're doing. They just don't know why they're doing it. So like they can acknowledge like the way I'm treating this person isn't okay. But instead of owning that and changing their ways, they just are like, it's a compulsive thing. They're like, I don't know why this is just how I treat people. Um, so that's that. Um, as far as the timing of it all goes, I truly feel this is different for everybody. Um, because 
think about it. The narcissist is only going to lower their mask um, when you buy into the relationship. And for some people that have really healthy boundaries and are pretty grounded and conscious themselves, that's going to take a period of time, right? It's not going to happen overnight. Whereas with my story back when I first, you know, started dating this guy I was just telling you about that happened in about six weeks is when the abuse really started to kind of show up and I would, I would see it and I would try and call him out on it. And then I was gaslit. So for example, um, and the way that my narcs like discard showed up was chronic cheating. Mm. So we had plans to hang out one night. He bailed on me when was like, we'll hang out tomorrow. And I was like, okay, fine. So I get to his place the next day and I see like a fancy dinner receipt that written on it says took Rachel, some other girl. And it was for (laughs) that night that we were supposed to hang out the night before at like 10 o'clock. And it was like a 40 minute drive from where he lived. Like I was like, why the fuck are you all the way out here having dinner with someone called Rachel? And you're telling me you're going to have a night in like this isn't tracking. Right. So when I brought it up to him, here's like a huge sign of narc runaway. Um, And I was none the wiser uh, at the time. But he I brought it up. I was like, hey, I saw you went to dinner. Like, here's this. And it was like, I didn't look for it. It was on his desk. Like, it was like, no shame, just like out for the world to see. And I was like, hey, you went to dinner last night with some chick named Rachel. Like, are you gonna do you want to talk about that? Like, what's up? You know, I know we just talked about being exclusive. And he was like, um, is it an issue if I take my friends out for dinner? And I was like, yeah, see, see, this is how they, this is how they do. It's, it's not about him being like, oh yeah, sorry. I didn't let you know. It's just a girlfriend. She be like, whatever the story is. It was immediately flipped back on is me taking my friends that happen to be girls out for dinner an issue. Are you an insecure person? It was completely shifted on me. So Anyway, I, you know, the short answer to your story is once that mask is lowered, which can be different for the narcissist and the person they're pursuing, that is when these little threads start to kind of rip at the seams. But it's up to us to pay attention to them. And at the time, I was way too insecure. I was like, oh, my God, is he right? Am I I'm questioning him about taking a friend out for dinner? Like, how dare I? And it's like, no, I was really questioning the fact that you withheld this from me and bailed on me. And now I'm finding out this way. Yeah, super weird. Well, <clears throat> geez, I don't know what that was. Uh, he, he wrote on the receipt, took Rachel, right? Like he's yeah. trying to, so this does speak to what I was asking about because it is an intent. Like he's taking, he's t- taking fucking notes like a fucking psychopath yeah. would, right? Like, like he has a book of like who he's murdered and where the bodies are, right? He had, oh, so he, so he didn't screw up and say like, wasn't that a great, uh, veal parmesan or whatever? Like he wrote on the receipt, took Rachel so he could keep it straight in his shit and then left the receipt out. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like, that is. I mean, when you saw that, did that register where you're like, what? You wrote on the receipt? Like, there must well, be a, okay, like so a- here's how I so here's how I justified it, because that's that you're exactly right. But the way that in my brain, he was a real estate agent. 
So I was like, oh, he must be tracking this for expense purposes is where my mind went. And but you're you're right. Like he was dating and talking to so many women. He needed to like find a way to be able to categorize like what did I do what with who? So it's it is a thing. And so it, it's calculated to a degree, but it's not in their minds it's not malicious. It's just like I'm playing the field. I'm seeing a bunch of chicks. Like, you know, I'm sure that's how he justified it to himself. But the reality is, is you agreed to be exclusive with me. And now you're going out and lying to me and taking women. And like, that's an issue. Right. So, yeah, it was wild, dude. Like, I look back on that night and I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I would have just asked, like, can I see some other receipts and just like look for like yeah. Leslie, <laughs> Sheila. Eventually Miranda. that's where it fucking got. If you want fast forward. So I was with yeah, him sure. for a year and eight months. Fast forward. I did become the girl hunting fucking receipts. I remember, um, dude, <laughs> oh, I remember he moved. Yeah. It brings out and like for all of my survivors of narcissistic relationships, it brings out your crazy because you start losing your mind. You're like, I can't keep track of these lies. Is what he's telling me truth or not? I could have sworn he said this, but then this happened. And you just get so in your head that you start looking for the receipts. You're like, and in this case, they were literal receipts. But, you know, we end up recording. I, with my narc parent, I'm recording video messages. I'm taking screenshots of conversations so that for my own sanity, when I have a day that's like, was it really that bad? Or did they really say that? Or did I really say that? I can look back and confirm. Like, it is wild how twisted you can become trying to maintain your own sanity while dealing with the narcissist. So did you find receipts with other women's names? Oh, on yeah. Them? Well, no, he stopped. God. He stopped. He stopped writing the full name and started doing like like letters. initials and shit. Yeah, oh letters, which God. meant nothing to me. But it happened over and over again, like where I would, he would bail on me or he would be like, you know, I'm not free in the morning. And then I'd find a receipt for like a breakfast for two coffees at this time on a Saturday. And it's like, okay, like I'm not an idiot. I'm not. And then he would be forthcoming about the actual real estate clients he was taking out to dinner. So then when it didn't happen, I was like, I'm not an idiot. If you're telling me about this one and not like something sus is up, you know? Yeah, that's sus as fuck, first of all. And, and sus second of all, like, fuck. I mean, I just think what guy, I like, just from a, if I'm him, right, I'm not writing, that's something like my fucking grandfather would do and like put them up as trophies or some sick shit, right? Like, whatever, right? Uh, I come from a very fucked up family. But um, why keep something physical, tangible out in the real world? Why don't put that into some secret file on your phone? There's something psychological there. That's like a, Dexter trophy kind of a thing. Yeah. I think. It has to be. Okay. You want to know something else that was wild that yes, he did? That's I do. creepy as fuck. This is actually wild. So, okay. I, um, he would get texts from girls all the time. And what he started doing is changing their name in his phone. But when he decided he was done with a girl, like for good, good done, for whatever reason, he would change their name to no more. Wow. So, so yeah. So I remember being at his apartment and at this, you know, like it, it was, I was in this relationship where we technically weren't living together. Like I had my own place, but I was over there all the motherfucking time. 
right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we basically were. And he would get texts, like he'd be making breakfast and we're like having a cool morning, you know, in my mind. And I get, I would see texts pop up on his phone that would say like, no more. And then the preview of the text is like, hey, cutie, bring your bike over. Let's go for a run or whatever. Like you can ride while I run. And I'm like, who's this no more person calling you a cutie? Like you've clearly decided you're going to discard her. It's wild. It's wild. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, you just gotta, and I was too foolish to think that that was weird. I was like, oh, it was just some girl he decided he wasn't into anymore. And she hasn't like gotten the, taken the hit yet. I would rationalize it to myself because of my own insecurity. Mm -hmm. And the other lie I told myself, which this is huge. The other lie I told myself every time he would cheat and come back and cheat and come back was he must really love me and think I'm wonderful to he just can't live without me. Like I had to tell myself that like clearly this love means something to him because otherwise he would just get his dick wet elsewhere and stay, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I look back on that time in my life and my heart breaks for the old me because I was so lost in the emotional sauce of it all. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and that's and that's what happens like with uh, messy humans, right? Like we get so into <laughs> so something true. where it's like we try to like, you know, because you feel something really, really great. And you're like, no, 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 this can't be it. Ha- there has to be a uh, like someone's like standing there covered in blood. Right. And like as a real estate agent, that is plenty of vacant homes to murder people. in. so maybe that's <laughs> that's, you know, someone who is keeping receipts, changing their names to no more. I, I mean, you know, I've been a shady bitch and fucking changed girls' names to, to men's names in my phone. Tony, like, yeah, like that I've heard of happening, but no more? Yeah. No more is no more is weird as shit. Mine was like uh like Stevie McAllister or something, you know, like just dumb, dumb like John Hughes bullshit. All the right? names of the home alone kids. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And it's like, why is Neil Caffrey calling you all the time, Dustin? And I'm like, Oh, we're buddies. It's it's like, yeah, but it's three in the morning. I'm like, Yeah, he's just like a wild dude. He always wants to party. Yeah. He always I calls me when he's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah, that's a narcissistic uh, quality that I have. Because, I mean, that's that's <laughs> lying and, and, and whatever. But, yeah, the no more thing, the receipt keeping, I just feel like there's a room with all of the receipts, yeah. like, nailed to yeah. the wall with all the different names. Because, you know... <sighs> narcissism is like a pit right as you know it's like a but there's so many different levels and layers and like personalization things to it um so okay so our our narcissist hunters they've they've identified what they think is a pattern right now what's their next move are they more cautious are they setting traps how do we like what's the you next You are piecing step? the fuck out. All right. Like <laughs> okay. seriously. I'm I'm look, I get this question all the time. Like, is it possible to make a relationship with a narcissist work? Yeah, if you're okay always being put on the back burner and feeling like shit about yourself. Like, and this is me being really candid. This is not like trauma-informed practitioner answering right here. But totally. I whenever I'm with you, I just want to keep it super real and yeah. relatable. And it, the truth is, is that 98.9% of the time, narcissistic people do not seek the help that they need to be able to treat people better. It's very rare. And so if you're at a place in your life where you're like, well, 
I love the time because I get this. I was here at one point where like I so romanticized the good times with this person. Like we had an amazing trip to Vegas. Like he took care of me when I got my wisdom teeth taken out and like all this stuff. But the reality is like at what cost did I keep going back to him? At what cost did I keep allowing him to come back into my life? And it was always at the detriment of myself. He wasn't being phased. Like he, you know, had his cake and eat it too in every literal sense of that saying. And so it's just like, you know, if you're out there and you're sitting with the question of like, can it work with a narcissist? The answer is only if you are okay, not feeling like your true authentic self, not feeling confident, not feeling like a priority, not feeling like you're the best thing since sliced bread with this person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I truly recommend that if you're starting to see the pattern and you might have some crazy stories like I do with the no more and the receipt keeping. There's other <laughs> stuff we can talk about too, if you want to, but, um, <laughs> you know, really at this point, even if you're married to them, cause the other thing is a lot is like, well, I'm married to them with kids. It's not that easy. I hear you. And staying married for the sake of your children is the worst thing you can do because you are forcing them to be subjected to narcissistic abuse throughout their childhood. So I purely am of the mindset we're saying goodbye. Like if we find out that this person has a pattern of narcissistic tendencies, they could be potentially diagnosably, you know, diagnosable narcissism. We're out. We're, we're peacing out. And so, um, the skill set that I teach, you know, I, I feel this is where my trauma practitioner brain is going to come in and say, if there's been any threat of violence in your relationship, or if you believe that they are capable of that, please hit up your local shelter and the domestic violence hotline for a safe exit strategy, because you've got to, you got to plan your escape. It's not something where you're just like, Hey, this isn't working out. Goodbye. It's not that easy with a narcissist. Here's what I did. The way that I left my narc relationship with this guy is I waited for him to discard me. So the four phases of the abuse cycle are love bombing, which is where we started at the top of this episode. Then they go into the devaluing, which is the, is this too, is, is me taking a girl out for dinner? That's a friend of mine, an issue, right? It's like, you're insecure. The gaslighting happens here. The blame shifting, the triangulation, all of it happens here. Then we have the discard phase. And this is where the cheating happens. They ghost you. They disappear. They silent treatment you. Like there's a million different ways that a narc can discard you. But I waited because I knew he was going to cheat again. It was inevitable, right? So when he cheated, I let him go and I never let him come back. So you basically, for me, like I positioned it as his idea and it's like, oh, but you told me like this wasn't working out for you. And I really agree. So you're like <laughs> using their words against them at this point, And you're just playing like little mother Teresa, like, you know, I understand that you met someone else that was a better fit for you at this time. And I really think you should pursue that. And it was so nice. Our time together, blah, blah, blah. Kill them with kindness because they can't really say much to that. Other than the hoovering stuff, which is the fourth phase of the abuse cycle. And that's when it's like promises to do better. I'm never going to treat you that way again. I'll go to therapy. I'll do this. I'll do that. And here's the next question I always get is, well, they're telling me they're going to do all these things. They're promising me this. If it's true change, take the reward off the table, meaning great. I'm so glad you're in therapy. I wish you all the best. Stay in therapy and maybe in the future we can have a relationship, but not now. Like, Take the relationship off the table. Take the sex off the like whatever the reward is that they're seeking. No. 
Um, so that's my two cents on how and when to leave a narc relationship. <laughs> well, I mean, what a fucking brilliant chess move uh, to <laughs> right? like wait, wait till that 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 round came up. Like, oh, see ya, and then make it look like you know you're looking out for him. Like, did that was that something that that came to you like in an epiphany, or did you just think strategically like how the fuck am I gonna? Part B, like it, it was just a strategy. It was the easiest way because here's the thing about narcissistic partners and people in general, they know what to say. He was mm-hmm. so charming. Like he, and he fucking hot too. I'm not gonna lie. Like dude was beautiful, but like I, <laughs> I fell for it every time. And so when I got, when I realized what I was dealing with, cause he actually admitted it to me. He, he was, he went to court ordered therapy, was diagnosed NPD with borderline traits. And um, the reason he went to court ordered therapy is because he actually beat the crap out of a chick at a club in LA. And so it's like, why that wasn't enough of a red flag? Because I found that in four months into the relationship. Riddle me that one, Batman. Um, You know, (laughs) I was the person that was going to love him through all of his issues, right? Yeah. So it really came back to like my self-worth. But, you know, going back to your question, um, with with him, I knew that if I tried to call him and do what we all consider the right thing as a breakup, like I'm going to call you or I'm going to go meet at your place and have a whole conversation around, you know, I loved our time together. I respect you so much. And this isn't the fit for me that I'm looking for. I knew that if I even tried to do that, he was going to bust out all the works like and make me feel good about myself and convince me that he's really going to treat me like, a, you know, the per- the way I deserve to be treated this time. So I wasn't going to fall for that baloney. And I, that's when it was like, okay, well, if I can't do that and I know this is his pattern, I just had deja vu, which is kind of cool. Um, if I can't do that and I, yeah. And I know that this is his pattern. Um, what can I do? How can I work with his cycle? And so that's really where I landed and it worked like a fucking charm. And then the funny thing, or I mean, it's not like, haha, it's like teehee funny. But after that, um, I held my ground. He tried to come back. He blew my phone up and then he decided he was going to travel internationally. So he sold everything like his car, all of his clothes, like everything. Cause he was like, I'm just going to be a digital nomad. And, um, he gave me his TV and I still have it. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I've saged the shit out of it. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, you got a fucking. But anyway, uh, yeah, price. I got a, I got a nice ass TV. But I share that because a lot of times, like you'll see the narcissist kind of unravel in impulsivity um, when they don't get their way. And so for him, that was what happened. And he continued to love bomb me from Greece, like, and I just mm. via email, like he was emailing me, he was trying to text me, but I hit him with the block. Um, and you just stay strong and you ignore, ignore, ignore. Cause the hoovering will continue six months for a year and you just let yeah. it go. Yeah. This olive oil reminds me of you, Alex, so much. I'm in Greece and I can't stop thinking about. <laughs> it wasn't olive oil. I'm like, so apparently there's like a central perk from friends, um, in Greece. And I, I'm a huge, I used to watch friends on repeat, not so much anymore, but like great show. Mm-hmm. And so he sent me a photo of that being like, I went to this coffee shop and thought of you. And it's like, yeah, of course you did. Duh. Which friends character is most likely to be a narcissist? Oh, shit. 
had to ask it. I'd have to sit with that. I'd have to sit with that. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to rewatch it. I'd have to read because I think they all display narcissistic tendencies in their own ways, but I wouldn't say any of them are a narcissist. You know what I mean? Like Ross Geller can definitely have his moments, right? Yeah. I think Ross. <laughs> but so can Chandler. And so yeah. can, I was going to say Courtney Cox, but Monica and Rachel Green. Like they yeah. all do yeah. in their own way. There's some stuff. There's some deep seated things happening there. And like, you know, whatever. It's a show. It's a show, but still, right? You know, um, yeah. it's important, right? Mean it's Girls part, it's is the worst. Pop culture. Yeah. Oh my God, for sure. There's I so mean, many displays of narcissism in Mean Girls. Yeah. And like in all of those older movies um, from the, early 2000s 90s the 80s especially holy fuck right there's a lot of manipulation happening happening there um what i was gonna ask you is that you you brought up something really really important that i want to key in on um before we get into you know ghostbusters and whatever else comes up but um uh basically you said that when you do sort of pivot make the move to like uh get away from this person that's when they hit you with the, with the real deal stuff, right? That's when like the gaslighting and, and and like the I'll change, but it was just one time, baby. I really love you, right? And I feel like if people aren't experienced, they haven't gone through that yet. That's oh that's God, yeah. that's really really hard, right? So what's the protocol if they're like, no, 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 I'm done with his shit. I keep seeing you know uh uh sheila's name on the receipts and calls from no one and what or whatever right um what do they do how do they deal with that and really stick to it because that's something that and it can be taught but like until you're feeling it emotionally how do you like navigate that those waters because that's really really like the worst so Oh my God. Um, so I want to reiterate, like take the reward off the table. If it's true, look, people only change when they want to change, right? What's that saying? It's like someone changes when the pain of staying the same is more than the pain it'll take to change. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so true with narcissistic people, like the people who end up in therapy for narcissism only get there because their life has fallen apart in whatever way that it's impacted them enough for them to self agency and like lead themselves to a psychiatrist, right? Like it's very rare. That's usually why it's court ordered. So for those of you who are being hit with the one, two punch of, I love you. I'm never going to do it again. Let's go to therapy. You're my world. You know, I want to make babies with you, whatever. Um, We need to understand that it's love bombing again. You know, it's, it's not, It's going back to the, I'm going to tell you everything you want to hear so that you buy into the relationship once more. And I'm going to continue this pattern with you. So ideally, if you're here, you most likely have already gone around the merry-go-round of narcissistic abuse once. And if you're like me, you went through it 80 times before you finally were like, no, this is truly a pattern, right? So I just want to say, like, if you go back, I get it. If you go back a second time, third time, fourth time, I get it. Like it's a thing you love them. You love. And a lot of times we, like I said, we romanticize the good times with them so much. We hold on to that. It's like, we choose to see the good in them while completely throwing out the abuse with the bathwater, if you will. It's like, yeah, we're just going to ignore what he does to me 80% of the time and pay attention to how he treats me 20% of the time. So, you know, I think this is where 
getting connected with groups of people who have been through this is so huge because there are so many of us, there are so many of us that have gone through this kind of narcissistic cyclical relationship and have had to find the inner strength to ignore the love bombing and ignore the promises and ignore the charming, I love you so much, all the words we want to hear. Because at the end of the day, it's manipulation. It's not true change. If that was the case, they wouldn't have contingencies. Come back. It's going to be the best time of our life. We're so great together. Don't you want to be with me? Don't you love me? It's like, if you are truly remorseful for what you've done, you would say sorry without putting any kind of pressure on me to come back to you. Right? So yeah, I, that's, that's that answer. I hope that helps, but I know it's hard. I know it's hard. No. Yeah. It's like the worst. I mean, just, just from like what I can, uh, what I know around people who have gone through it, but also like, um, I'm kind of intuitive in that way where I'm thinking like, ah, oh, God, cause it's hard to pull away from somebody you, you feel strongly about yeah. as it is, let alone someone who's a master manipulator oh and God. who is, you know, like really twisted those vines in there. Um, let's give them some extra, uh, help and reinforcement in that. And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, earlier you, you said that if you have children with someone who's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's like uh, poison going around my apartment or something. So if I just keel over, please just take over the show, make sure sex party with Alex Scott, just, just keep it going, please. Okay. Uh, you have my full permission. It goes to you. Um, and so people who have children who stay with narcissists can be a really dangerous, dangerous thing, right? Mm -hmm. How dangerous um, is that? But then on top of it, when you stick around and you kind of know deep down that you shouldn't have, but you're like, I just can't leave them and I just can't uh, whatever. How dangerous is that trauma that you are actually still um, farming, that you're actually still allowing? Like what kind of things will it slowly rack in your life? If we could just talk about those kind of things for a moment, because I want people to know yeah. the consequences. It's a lot. You know? it's, it is a big consequence. So first of all, with the kid thing, um, you know, you're, you're every all the abuse that you've experienced, your narc will do to your kids tenfold because uh, narcissists look as children as their pawns. They're there to serve a purpose, which is to make the narc feel good about themselves and to look good. Like it's like keeping up with the Joneses. Look at me and my happy family. Little do you know how I treat them mm -hmm. behind closed doors. Um, right. So, you know, you're forcing your kids to go through um, the trauma of the abuse, but you're also forcing them to become like little T trauma. So like hypervigilance is a thing with children of narcissistic parents because the home life becomes so volatile, you never know what to what you're going to get. So you become extremely hypersensitive to the narcissist's moods and size. And I joke, but it's true. They're walking like I, I remember being able to hear footsteps and being like, okay, this is like they're walking angry. They're walking okay. Like it was oh. wild. Yeah. So you become like very, very, very hypervigilant. Um, your kid will also most likely struggle with anxiety and depressive disorders in adulthood. I'm speaking from the place of an anxiety disorder that I've had years to manage and it's wonderful now, but like, Jesus, I used to be lost in the anxious sauce all the time. Like could not control my heart rate, could not tell the difference between my intuition and anxiety and all these other things. So that's that. Now, 
not additionally, you will be dealing with that. Like the other adults in this, because we were talking about children, this is also all applicable to you as an adult. The other things that are applicable to anyone who are in uh, chronically exposed to narcissistic abuse are things like adrenal fatigue. Your adrenals are in charge of pumping out your uh, hormones. And so when they're overtaxed and pumping out stress hormones, they get sort of like a clogged filter. Um, and so what that ends up leading to is like insomnia. You struggle to sleep. Um, the other things that can happen are gut issues, a lot of gut issues, Crohn's disease, IBS, whether that's constipation or the runs like this is all also correlated with trauma. Even things like ADHD have a correlation with trauma, especially trauma from mothers that tracks for me. Um, maybe that's why we get along on your podcast so much. It's my ADHD <laughs> spazzy brain. Um, but yeah, like there's, I say, you know, there's this thing where people are like, don't call toxic relationships toxic. Like that's so demonizing. And it's like, okay, but the reality is, especially in the case with narcissistic relationships, they're quite literally toxic to your body. Um, mm. you know, muscle tension is another one. Like, uh, a lot of people, this is, mm, how do I share this without like triggering? I just want to say like fair warning. I have chronic muscle knots. From, um, you know, as a kid, I was whooped with the wooden spoon and the belt. And so um, really intense, like uh, as a child, when you deal with that, you kind of brace for impact. And so I always braced this way. So this side of my trap is all like I'm still working on it, but this holds trauma. So, you know, how like pay attention to these things. Um always being in a fight flight response where it's like, go, go, go. I have to hurry. And you know, these are all signs. So it's just, what can it do to you? It runs the gamut. There's a lot of physical ailments that can show up from trauma because of what it does to the nervous system. So we need to take it seriously. This isn't something that's just like, well, he made me feel good on my birthday. So I'm going to like, let him treat me like shit for the next year. It's like, you need to understand you're quite literally killing yourself slowly from the inside out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of information there. Um, I think you said that I have a spazzy brain, so that's on record now. Um, I so, do. Well, I have like, ADHD. That's why we get along. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, wait, do I have ADHD too? Probably on some on some level. I think we all do. Thanks a lot, TikTok. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you, you said a lot of really fucking great shit, um, and thank you for that because – we're really sort of getting at it, right? At, at what to look for. And, and, you know, the things you said about how they walk, how they slam the fucking door and the mm -hmm. certain cabinet that they fucking are always whatever. My stepfather did this uh, a lot to, mm -hmm. to, to me and my mother. And it was like, just thinking about it, uh, my, yeah. my guts are like, well, you know, and you now I that have trauma. like, Dustin, yeah, Come I see mean, me. I need, I need help for big time. Um, what's what's very interesting is about a week ago, about 10 days ago, uh, my stepfather um, and everybody, uh, listeners of this program um, will recall that my stepfather was very violent to me growing up and then had got violent during the pandemic again with mm. me. Um, and it was like, a, it was a whole, whole thing. And I've talked about it in detail, whatever. But he said something to my sister where I'm like, you know what? We haven't talked in three years, but I'm calling this son of a bitch. Look so at I you. Called him about, Thank you. I called him about a week ago, right? And <clears throat> I laid it all out. I told him, this is what you did to me as a kid, because I wanted him to admit it. This is what you did to me as an adult. Da -da 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 -da. I mean, I 
every single thing I could think of. You, you know, you punched me in the mouth. You did this. We did that. All of it. And his response to me after I had said all that was, yes, I, everything you said is true. What do you want me to do about it? It's in the past. Do you want me to kill myself? Oh, my God. So That's such a narcissistic nar- statement. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we have we have that 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 truth that truth that I'm like, okay, uh, figures. You know. <laughs> oh my god, the dark l- side of me, the dark side of me wants to be like, yeah, if you feel that's the best way out of the situation. Well, so I was I was just completely. <laughs> I don't truly. I mean, feel actually, that, but I, I was yeah. completely silent about it. I went completely silent, and he goes, "That's what I thought. That's what I yeah, thought you would want." I'm you, like, dude. listen, buddy, oh, that's Jesus. your that's your bullshit, man. You want to like cover yourself in mac and cheese and take the easy way out by all means but that's on you no don't put that on yeah me, exactly like and i didn't literally what i you. said good for you yeah dude. and i'm i'm like a really calm person it takes a lot to like upset me and even then you're just gonna get jokes right mm. but like the, the following day like my throat hurts so bad from screaming and like my mom called and was like are you okay i'm like am i okay i feel great and he, he's like well <laughs> everyone around here is scared and i'm like you know i spent my whole childhood scared so I'm sorry. You feel scared, mom. You have nothing to worry about, but like clown boy should probably be afraid. And so, and that's the thing is like, there are moments like that. There are those physical signs, right? And if you have allowed someone to stay in your life and you think things are going to change, maybe just here at the end, uh, and you mention them, but like your body will tell you, right? Oh like your God, body yeah. will, 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 will keep telling you whether it's like, um, the nervous thing that I talked about when someone's walking around or breathing mm-hmm. a certain way, or, um, you know, your stomach's fucked up all the time. Like those are things that, Hey, you stay too long and we're still trying to help. Right. So, yeah. you know, people will like chalk that up to other things or they just don't. I mean, I feel like it's yeah. the emotional hook that keeps us. And, and it's that strong that you'll ignore even the final warnings. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And, um, you know, for me, like I use, okay, we're going to talk about poop for a second, whatever. Um, but <laughs> we're going there as a kid, I had so many gut issues. Like I remember, you know, like women get periods, but as a child, even before I had a menstrual cycle, I used to throw up every month, like clockwork in my childhood home for a, about a year. This went on 12 to 13. And then around that same time, I was also chronically constipated and I was remained chronically constipated even until my mid twenties. And it was like something that I, it was like a labor of love, like taking magnesium, taking things to support my gut health, like to just be able to poop like a normal person. And I'm happy to report back that after trauma work (laughs) and all of these things, like that is no longer something that's as sensitive. Like I, I can just operate like a normal healthy being because my nervous system and it's really the vagus nerve that's attached from the brain and all the way down into your gut when we self-soothe our nervous system it's our vagus nerve that's actually relaxing and because of the way it attaches in the gut it allows for healthy digestion to begin to take place again so you know just a little bit of the science on why you know for me growing up i was like yeah i'm just a constipated person because i the narcissistic abuse was so normalized to be by my parent you don't, I didn't know what narcissism was till I had my heart broken by a guy. And then I had to work backwards. And I'm like, oh, all of these dots 
now are making sense. Um, so I share that because, you know, a lot of times people are so disconnected from our bodies and there is also such a lack of education on how trauma impacts the physical body that people are just like, oh yeah, I've always had this tight muscle. Oh yeah, I've always been constipated. I've always had IBS or I've always had insomnia. And it's like, but that's not normal. It's been normalized to you because of the environment you've been in. But the reality is, is that's actually shedding light on there is something going on in your world regularly that is not healthy for you. Um, So yeah, I mean, you're spot on with like, the emotional hook is what we always gravitate yeah. towards and while ignoring all of the other symptoms. Yeah. I mean, and, and one thing I, I do want to ask you, cause I think it's important, right? Like is how, how um, likely is it that when a narcissist is abusing children, then, then will, will that, is it likely that they will, the children will grow up and be little Dexters too. And, and they'll, <laughs> they'll have narcissistic traits or is that, So there's this thing called um, PNSD, post-narcissistic stress disorder. um, And there's also this thing called narcissistically defensive. So, I mean, if what if that statement you made was true, that would mean I'm a narcissist for sure. And I definitely don't think that's the case. But um, (laughs) I will say that in my early in my late teen years, early 20s, I started to realize that there were parts of myself that were too similar to my mom that I didn't like. Right. And she was my narc parent. So um, I was I used to be narcissistically defensive, like taking feedback was really painful for me. And but the difference between someone who's narcissistically defensive and someone who's a narcissist is I would take the feedback and I would internalize it as shame and be like, I don't deserve to be here. I'm an awful person. Why can't I ever get this right? And so instead of me being like, you're the issue and gaslighting someone else, like it was never that. So, you know, I think it's less likely that, um, I mean, I'm sure I don't want to say like, there's a firm answer to no, because I feel like everything's possible. So I'm sure there's a correlation with people having narcissistic parents and becoming narcissists themselves. Um, I also think that other like borderline personality disorder is something that we've seen from people who have been raised with narcissistic people. Um, but I, the, at the end of the day, it's all fixable. It's all healable with the right tools and support. Um, but yeah, PNSD. So post-narcissistic stress disorder, you'll have, um, it's like PTSD, but from narcissism and then being narcissistically defensive. If there's a few traits of yours where you're like, Ooh, that's too similar to my narc parent or my narc partner, then pay attention to that and start changing your ways, you know, and that's the difference is like, there's a desire to not be that way for someone who's not inherently narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to recap this in my little boiled down ding dong way here. So if you think that you're with a narcissist and just just jump in like wherever I get it wrong, or if you want to add something, if you think you're with a narcissist, right, a partner or someone you're dating, whomever, look for a pattern, right? You want those receipts with Sheila's name <laughs> on it. You, you want um, you want proof, but then you also want to keep seeing that uh, to, to resemble a pattern. Once you see the pattern, get the fuck out, right? But if you do not get the fuck out and you wind up staying, then start to pay attention to the signs in your body. Does that pretty much sum it up or did I miss something? No, that's pretty great. Yeah. <clears throat> Wow. Wow. Look at me. I I nailed it. First try. Alex, Scott, thank you so much for being here again. Let's remind them of where they can work with you, where they can follow you. 
Word. Yeah, follow me on the gram and TikTok TikTok at the Alex Scott. Yeah. Uh, and just a reminder, Scott is spelled with one T S C O T. Um, and yeah, come hang out with me in my free Facebook group where we do Q and A's all the time. And then of course, if you want to work with me and you're curious to know, um, what programs I have to offer, you can either slide into my DMS again, uh, at the Alex Scott, or you can head to my website, alexscott.com. The end. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you'll be back. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of fucking magic happening behind the scenes. And uh, I'll try to get the trophy guy to, to like start engraving Done. again. So love it. Thanks Great. for being here. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye, friends. <laughs> Bye. Big thank you to my guest, Alex Scott, for being on the show with me again. If you guys are loving guests like Alex, if you want to see Alex on Sex Party again, if you just want Sex Party to continue, there's a couple different ways you can show that love, that desire, that appreciation for more. If you're listening on platforms like Apple and Spotify, you can subscribe to the show. You can leave a rating. You can leave a review. You could tell your mom, dad, sister, brother, cousins, friends, anyone. If you're watching on YouTube, boo boo. If you're watching on YouTube, I love you. I see you. I appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, you can like this video. You could subscribe to the channel. You could leave a comment. As always, you guys can reach out to me in the DMs or anything weird or anything you want to talk about. And I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening. The party continues next week. Click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SexPartyFM. Follow Dustin at Dustin Ribka.